This is the 109th episode of Stockholm Legacy Report, a podcast about paper legacy. My name is Victor Werhans. With me is my dear co-host Robinson Sale with Christopher Wikström out ill this week. The two of you taking turns here. Of course, when I am ill, there isn't any recording happening at all, so I can present an illusion of total well-being. Warm welcome to you, dear listener. Hello, everybody. Hope you're doing well. Stockholm Legacy Report, we can be found whenever we release on the Top Tech app. In this episode, we will go over a Stockholm Sunday Legacy tournament in which you played, Robin. Also, I'm going to give a short report back from my first crack at Cornpost at the regular Thursday Legacy. But you first, what deck did you bring and how did that all play out? All right, so it was a small Legacy tournament. Interestingly, I brought... I was so close to say Snowco now, but it's not Snowco. <laughs> it's Beanstalk. <laughs> it's just a new version of Snowco, right? <laughs> for sure. For sure. For sure. I was like putting this deck together like the day before and it had like the red splash. And then like I was watching a video of Brian Koval when he was <laughs> running this deck or a similar deck. I think it was more like a bug version. And like, I was like, I need to play Orcish Bowmasters in this. That is why like the Beans deck were much more successful in Asia than they were in Europe because they adopted, all of them adopted Orcish Bowmasters. I have to play it. So I put the clock early. So I went up at seven to <laughs> redo, <laughs> redo the deck and put take away all the red cards and sleeve in black cards instead. As you do. As you do. And uh, funnily, it ended up not too far from the winning list from Eternal Weekend in America. Oh, wow. I will make a, a short run through the deck here. So four Orcish Bowmasters, three Triumph of St. Catherine, and three Merktide Regents. Four Brainstorm, four Ponder, two Portent. Huh? Uh-huh. Four Swords to Plowshares, four Up to Beanstalk, two Force of Negation, and four Force of Will. Four Lorien Revealed. Sure thing. I'll go back to those. <laughs> One Terminus. And then, of course, it should have been four Leyline Binding, but I don't own any Leyline Bindings yet. <laughs> I, I wasn't sold when... Oh, wow. When, when, when Watsi said that uh, it's going to like solve every problem in uh, Legacy. I managed to borrow two Leyline Bindings. So it was two Leyline Bindings and two Prismatic Endings instead, which should have been Leyline Binding. And I think I would have done even better if they were Leyline Binding, because it was a... Quite a big discrepancy in power level there. And uh, yep, 17 yep. lands, that is on the lower side, I should say. That sounds short. With that mana curve. Yeah, so four Flooded Strand, three Misty Rainforest, one Island, and then one Mystic Sanctuary, and resist just duels. One Savannah, one Scrubland, two Tropical Islands, two Tundra, and two Underground Sea. Hmm. So a lot of players run that Grixis land to just have access to black mana even if you don't use it. It cuts the cost of Leyland Binding so you can cast it for one. I should probably get that land. They haven't printed any nice version of it. Many of the Triumphs have <laughs> cool versions that I like. But this particular <laughs> land looks like hell, I think. <laughs> a reason as good as any not to play it. Yeah, I think uh, maybe I will stop doing like, that. This might be optimal technically, but not optimal on my legacy table exactly and then the sideboard uh, which was uh, i will go through the cards with most pips first or like most copies first so three hydroblast and this was like the plan against blood moon 
like you, you play four Lorien revealed as a part of your mana base. So even if you're Blood Mooned out, you can cycle it, find your basic island, and pyroblast, uh, hydroblast the Magus or the Blood Moon or whatever it is. Strong plan. Th- that's a strong plan. And then uh, two Fluster Storms, both against Control and uh, against Combo, of course. Two Carpets of Flowers for the Control Mirrors and, of course, the Tempo Decks. Two Surgical Extractions. Maybe that was a little bit too, too much on the Graveyard Hate. And then a lot of one-offs. One Containment Priest, one Lavinia Azorius Renegade. That one uh, doubles up as lo- sort of uh, Storm Hate, Cloud Post Hate, possibly. Like Zero Drop Mana Artifact Hate. It goes into the mirror because they can't cast the Leyland Bindings unless they have six lands in play. And it, it does a lot of things, I think, for this deck. One Stony Silence and one Energy Flux. So that is like the Artifact Hate package. Sure, and Stony sure. Silence was preferable to me over Nullrod because I don't want it to have attacks under Energy Flux in case I have both in play. Next level sideboarding here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also against like 8 cost, I know that they have 3 Dismember in the board, so I don't want to run Collector Oof. I don't care about yeah. attacking yeah. them. I just want it to yeah. be untouchable. And one Terminus in the board. And then the spiciest card of them all, Wheel of Sun and Moon. So this is like Ooh, an uh, enchant tech. player. Yeah, this is an enchant player aura enchantment for uh, like uh, hi- hybrid green-white, hybrid green-white. So it's easy to cast in this deck. And if a card would, would be put into enchanted player's graveyard from anywhere, instead that card is revealed and put on the bottom of that player's library. So the idea is that this is a one-sided rest in peace sort of effect against reanimator and that kind of decks that wants to use their own graveyard. But I still have access to my graveyard because I need like for the Merc Tides and all of that. And then I also thought that this one is graveyard hate that also do some work against Doomsday. Because if you think about an ordinary Doomsday pile, each like draw spell they will play will just put be put <laughs> into the bottom of the so they still have five lands or five cards in the in the deck. So they would like to naturally draw all of those cards to get rid of their library was the idea. And of course, against Oops All Stells, it would be a similar idea. And then I thought that this one would also be good against Painter, because you can put it on yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the Painter, yeah, all the cards just go mm-hmm. to the bottom mm-hmm. of your library. That was the idea. I think that like with such a cute little enchantment package, and also Beanstalks and Leyland Bindings, you should probably try to find room for Enlightened Tutor in the sideboard to just like turn one, search up the hate piece, turn two, slam it. That's an off Afterthought, I should say. This deck felt really fun to play and uh, quite strong. It's very, very, very snowco. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like the feeling is so snowco. <laughs> it's just <laughs> complete diff- different set of cards, but still the same deck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the mana base was a little bit different in the winner from uh, North American Eternal Weekend, but otherwise, like when it comes to the spells, I think it was only one card off because he played a main deck dress down, which would have been really good against like uh, constructs and all of that that I faced up against. So that was the deck that I. I brought it was unproven I haven't played it before yeah let's uh, jump into it then so uh, round one what happened yeah in round one I'm up against Doomsday and he starts with Tundra Ponder so I actually mistake it for a control mirror in the beginning but then like uh, I realized that this is the new like four color version of Doomsday that became popular I should say after 
after the eternal weekend in Europe where it topated. He presents multiple Teferis, which is super frightening for this deck, of course. One of them I get to Prismatic End, and one of them I have a I can play a Merc Tide after he has already bounced. And then I have to pass the turn, and next turn I can kill it. So I'm, I'm shields down several turns where he could just have gone off, I guess, with the Teferi protection in play. But he never finds the Doomsday, and the Murktide make short business of him after it has killed the fairy. Hmm. And then in the second game, I have an orc that is attacking him and he is thought seizing me and fetching lands. So when he finally resolves the doomsday, he's already at 12. So he goes down to 6. He like builds a pile and then he's like, I'm not gonna win with this pile because he can't like draw cards. He get, will get pinged. So he, he, he doesn't find a way to to manage to win through the Bowmasters in the same turn. And should he pass the turn, like the combat damage and the little orc army is also problematic. So I managed to sneak a win there against Doomsday 2-0. And then in the second match, I'm up against Cradle Control. I think I win 2-0, but my memory is a little bit shaded there. Maybe he steals one of the games. Like this feels super one-sided. Like I have infinite removal, like one for yeah. one removal, yeah. just drawing a yeah. lot of cards. And then just like Merc Tides for eight and swing and you know like the second Merc Tide also comes in and pumps the first one and th- this kind of decks feels really favored if if you get the draw engine on, up and running I should say. The only little bit scary thing is that he had a Gaddock Teague which shuts off some of the removal in the deck but luckily I had this, like saved Swords of Plowshare for that creature was able to kill it and then I'm up 2-0 so um I'm uh, facing off against another 2-0 player, and he is notoriously on Omni Show. That's been a whole minute since we saw that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not sure if it's a deck that is like in in vogue right now or how how the matchups is, but like this player always plays it. So mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> anyway, for tournaments where he like tries to win mm-hmm. in casual play, maybe he plays more decks. But I've lost to him several times, and in the first hand, in the first game, I have to mull because it's a no lander and. The second hand is like a reasonable hand. This deck is not necessarily super fast, so you get a few turns of Ponder and Brainstorm to like fix your counter magic. But he goes Petal, Tom, Show and Tell on his first turn. Well, you know. Which happens. Uh, I don't have a Force of Will. He put in Omniscience, and I put in a Beanstalk and get the draw trigger and i draw a force of will on that card <laughs> and he doesn't have the win directly so he starts cantripping and eventually he finds a cunning wish uh, which i use my force of will on and then i start digging for a binding to exile the, the omniscience but i like had i played four maybe i could have find it but mm. it's two in the deck i, I don't yeah. find any yeah. any of them and not long after that, he finds uh, some sort of win con. Maybe it was Emrakul and just can go for it. And then the second game, uh, I had a lot of cards that do something, I think. Like Containment Priest is a given, of course. And I think Lavinia is pretty good as well because he can't play free spells with Omniscience and play with Lavinia. So like the, the hate is, is good there and Flusty Storms come in from the board as well. And I keep a reasonable hand. It's not maybe the greatest, but it's double force and a, for- and a force of negation. No. And then just lands. I mean, like, if I draw something that gets me going, it's a little bit of protection. The problem is that he has super hateful hand. So we fight over defense grid, which he, like, veils my forces. So it's like, 
you know, it's a slaughter where I have to like pitch cards and he is like, oh, wait, that, wait, that. We end up with this defense grid in play and I have drawn so many lands. Like I haven't drawn any threats, just lands and this countermatic that I had from the start. So I'm up to seven lands at this point. And I can, uh, I have uh, Lorien revealed in my hand and I have a fetch in play. So I can fetch up Mystic Sanctuary and put the Force of Negation in hand, which I can cast through Defense Grid, but it's like one layer of protection. So it stands between that and playing the Lorien revealed and drawing three cards and hoping to find something that does something more. And I go for the Mystic Sanctuary, put the Force of Negation on top line. And on the following turn, he goes for it. And I play my force on indication, pay the defense grid toll, and he just veils it again. Oh. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> oh! <laughs> and then just like slam omniscience, shared summonings, and just getting like Atraxa and, uh, yeah, 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 and yeah. Emrakul in play. And then, of course, I scoop, and then I look at my three top cards, and it's a Leyland binding there. <laughs> oh! Never look. Never look. Yeah, I, I think. In, in hindsight, maybe it also would have been the correct play to just like draw three cards and hope to find one of those red iron bindings. Because with that, like, show and tell is, is not nearly as powerful. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, but you have two in the deck. I think it's a hard, it's a Sophie's choice here. Yeah. Like, if, if you get there, it's going to be great. But if you brick, you just sort of, you lose instantly. Then again, yeah. unless you have the answer against this specific deck you will lose but i think also since they already had veiled quite a bit exactly I, that's that was what like yeah. brought me to that i thought that maybe he ran out of protection but mm-hmm. like he had infinite protection <laughs> well then so now you're two and one heading into round four out of five i think yes five rounds and i am up against dnt Ooh. with yorion a bit similarly to the Cradle Control matchup, I have like so much removal and card draw in this matchup, and I get to steal game one quite convincingly. Then in game two, I have Stony Silence to shut down his vial, and that oh. like puts me on the forefoot. But I never see a beanstalk at all, so like I'm playing fair magic here, just like one for one removal, but no real card draw. At some point, it feels like I have a good chance because I have a big uh, Merc Tide that is beating him up and all that, but he finds a Flicker Wisp to take out the Stony Silences for one turn, mm-hmm. uses Vile to put in Yorion, and then do a hell lot of uh, card advantage things and like recycling Caldra that comes back with a token, and of course the Flicker Wisp can, f- can flicker my Merc Tide, growing it or shrinking it from an 8 8 to a 3 3 and all of that. And he actually managed to turn that game upside down where I was thinking that I was winning. I think once once you get to put in a Yorion with that yeah. deck, you should be just so ahead once all those triggers have resolved exactly like if you, if you haven't been swept and you have some critter that do something with the orion trigger then you just win with it then in game three we have this little dance where he wants to shut off my cantrips and my beanstalks with spirit of the labyrinth which i'm going after with my orcish bowmasters we have this trade back and forth ironic to to hate on the card draw card with another hate on card draw cards I know, I know. <laughs> Orcish Bowmaster is such a funny card because, like, I have completely quit trying to get catch your cantrip value from it. I'm just using it as a removal. That's that's all I'm doing with it. It has to kill something or do something really useful when I when I play it. You know, flame tongue Kavu, but sort of you know playable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not like in the damage to you and to one ones beater. Like it, it's such a dance with that card. Like you have to 
like accrue value with it. I get released from the draw prison as I get managed to to kill his spirit of the labyrinth, and from there on, I I can like out draw him and manage to win the the third game. But really tight and good games against Death and Taxes, and super fun to play. So you're heading into round five, and I'm since you're three and one, I'm guessing you can draw in here. Yeah, exactly. I am up against, I think, the leader of the board at this point, and he's on rhinos, and uh, that's a little bit interesting and perhaps scary matchup. I don't really know, but we shake hands and and eat a burger and uh, oh, look nice. at some of the other winning in games instead. So in the top eight quarterfinals i'm up against eight cast painter so this is a quite an interesting deck it borrows some of the card draw elements and backup plan with ursa saga beat down from eight cast but like instead of the other beaters it plays a painter grindstone package and like these kind of decks can be really rough to play against because they have that sort of false tempo thing where they present threats that you need to deal with, but you also need to be ready for their combo win. And that is exactly what happens. So I keep a hand with uh, Brainstorm Terminus, which I think should be good. Mm-hmm. Yep, seems nice. Yeah, it seems nice. But he's on a Saga plan for this game, which means that I need to pass the turn for a couple of turns oh. before I do this. Because I want to get both his Saga tokens in the sweep. So I have to of take course. one hit. And, and after like it resolves, I sweep the board and he has another Saga. And starts making new tokens. And I think that I just get like behind because I don't have a beanstalk to draw cards. When I eventually stabilize against the new saga tokens with a Merc Tide that can block them because it's a little bit bigger than they are at that point. I am tapped out and he can just, okay, play the Painter Servant and grindstone you to death. Then in game two, I managed to shut the door with energy flux and a counter backup for his force of will and this is interesting i haven't played this matchup a lot like when you play against ordinary painter i just want removal that's all that i want i want to remove their painter but in this matchup he boards in all of the counter magic because he needs to fight against my hate so i can't like board out forces to board in removal i need to Keep forces or fluster storms or veils of summer or something that protects what I'm trying to do as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because he is so counter magic heavy. He's on like four forces and maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. four force negations post board. And that's what happened in game three. I slam a stone in silence in turn two and like, yes, this is it. And he forces. I I think I force back and he force again or something like that. But I, I lose the counter magic war. Oh, that one. And then start struggling against constructs just as in game yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. And when I finally get to like stabilize against them using a lot of plows and endings and all of that to just get rid of the 7-7s, seven he can just brainstorm me. Pretty rough uh, quarterfinals, I should say. Didn't feel like I had the tools to fight this deck on that axis. And I also forgot to board in the wheel. It just 
<laughs> it, it went just over me that I specifically put this card in the deck to have a fighting chance against painter decks or have a different angle against painter decks. Like uh, your, your tech was so so spicy fringe that <laughs> even you exactly <laughs> even I forgot about it. Yeah, that was funny. And uh, like the, this painter player, he went all to the finals, but lost to the finals against the super spicy natural order brew that was pretty awesome. <laughs> and the same player who won the recent league finals as well right yeah he's on fire he is on fire well all right then so in our last episode when i recorded with christopher christopher made a very bold statement that i was going to get a positive record with corn post at our legacy thursday the first time i played the deck i was perhaps a bit more reserved on my chances and (laughs) i got i was right as it turns out i did not get a positive record i went one and three with that deck but i think it was it was a fun and learning experience i'm just gonna briefly go through that my first match i sit down and i play against blue white red uh, rohirrim sort of <laughs> control ish mid-range place main the counter spell and stuff like that very nice list and i think perhaps if i knew exactly what to do with this deck i'm a bit favored and in the in the first game my opponent concedes that they drew really well after sort of in a couple of consecutive turns where i, I drew pretty lackluster i lost o2 in the second game i am forced to round three play from my hand a bazooka bog as my mm. third land drop with four green cards in hand and no green mana wow. i was hoping to find some green mana off of a multi six uh, into once upon a time but i didn't find anything on that nor any of the consecutive draws so i essentially lost because i couldn't really get anything going <laughs> after that round three Bajukabog. I don't know if that was a sort of a mullable keep. I did find myself struggling a bit on finding green mana throughout sort of this evening, but I think it's mainly due to me not really knowing the percentages and sort of not having the reps right. on sort of which non-green hands do you keep, which do you not? Yeah, I think we were talking also about like the cuts that were done to make room for the rings and carns and all that package. If I remember correctly, it's the expedition maps or like some of the expedition maps at least yeah. because that is a colorless way to find a green source if need be. Yeah, this deck only plays one map. So uh, that might be it. And then in the second round, I played against... I don't know, this opponent was playing like Fetchlands, and I'm thinking this is some kind of sort of Death Shadow variant, like Shocklands coming down. But I realized it's just... No, it's just a budget version because this person doesn't have jewels. And they're playing a Bugs bug Smog deck. And wow, <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and I'm like, when I get smogged in sort of turn five on game one, I'm like, what do I have here? <laughs> I have an Elvish Reclaimer live. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to sacrifice this forest just to sort of sift through my deck and see if I can find anything that stops this combo. Right. <laughs> and I have nothing. <laughs> Is there anything there? Mm, yeah. Okay, concede. And then I look at my sideboard and realize since I didn't put any dismembers, the only two cards that I have that are sort of has any chance against a smog combo is that I have two copies of uh, Mindbreak Trap, but that requires them <laughs> to sort of, you know, build up to the smog combo in the same turn because the smog in itself is only copies and yeah. aren't costs. Uh, but they just naturally sort of played smog as their first spell on one turn and smogged me. You can't even Glacial Chasm uh, to protect yourself, right? Because it doesn't target you. It just drains opponent, I think. So, 0-2 against smog and I felt sort of, okay, I'm, I'm weak to combo mm. with the build of this deck. And I got to feel the same in round 3 
three than I when I played against sticker goblins, which Ooh. I yeah super spicy. Uh, I never played against stickers before. Took a while to sort of sort that out pre-game. So here are my stickers. Mm. This is what they look like. But my opponent had sort of done a really sort of nice job of marking that up and explaining it. And it it feels like a combo deck as well because I'm looking at my life totals for my O2 match against Smog. In the first game, I'm at 22 life and then I die. And in my second game, I'm at 23 life and then I die. <laughs> and the same against goblins? <laughs> yes. Essentially, against <laughs> goblins, I am at 23 life in the first game and 20 life in the second game yeah, <laughs> when I die. That's Muxus. <laughs> 25 and 21. And wow. I'm like, oh, that that's fast. Because I was thinking sort of, because this, this list doesn't play Tabernacle. I'm like, oh, perhaps this is a Tabernacle matchup. But then like, no, they never have an upkeep with all these creatures. They just They have win. haste. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, that's not going to help. So of course, wow. in that match, it would have helped to finding a chasm. But my draws were a bit sort of, again, like I, I felt I, I drew weird, but also it can could surely be me just keeping the wrong hands or just interacting suboptimally. I think so. I, I need to play this deck and lose with it quite a bit before I sort of get my reps in. Because I really like the concept of this deck. And that really showed in the last round I played against. I was paired up against a blue-white-red uh, Walker's deck with Teferi and Narset and Comet, all the things. And I won 2-1. And the two games that I won, I'm sitting there. Here are my eight copies of Cloud Post. I have just cast Karn. And that was sort of the games where I got the one ring to sort of get that card going. And I just need to say, like, if there's one takeaway I have from testing this deck for the first time, I never resolved the one ring before. That card is so stupendously broken. <laughs> it, it's like, you read it and you're like, this is really good. But when you play with it, you're just like, yeah. it does this. I get yeah. to do this too. And then it, yeah. wow, that's just, that's so good. That's like, we've come a long way from James Dato. <laughs> Completely insane card. It's so yeah. powerful. I'm like, you only have to it's tap still it. legal in modern. It's just like insane. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's uh, I'm going to have to, I borrowed a, a playset for this evening, but I'm just like, mm. I'm going to have to get myself copies of this card because I never want to not play with this card. I'm going to become a one ring player from now on yeah you should be just as i have like taken on the church of beans you have taken on the church of one ring <laughs> i am and imagine all the merch i can have too like there's so many t-shirts and hats and everything that has the one ring on them i can just cosplay nazgul everything I, this is great i'm so great. happy with this this glorious future it's a life choice shoes life shoes you know magical tin opener shoes car Shoes, <laughs> shoes, mythic. I, I choose the one ring, and that, my friends, is all we have for this episode. Again, very happy to report that you keep the banner flying for us, Robin, in our local tournament scene. Well played, indeed. The holiday season is upon us, and whether you'd risk it or not, it's here. And I keep asking myself, why isn't there a holiday magic set? Like, let us know in the Discord server what the abilities a Scrooge Planeswalk would have, for example. You can find a link in <laughs> our episode description. We're also present personally on social media, Robin. Where can our listeners talk to you about keeping on top eighteen? You can talk to me on X. I am a Jacka underscore bro. And you can find me on the same platform as Disco Drogo. And that is the end of the 109th episode of Talking Legacy Report. Thank you, Robinson Sien. I am Victor Bernhardt. Many thanks to you for listening. The great and mysterious Frenes has written our music. You can find more of their work on Spotify. Until our next episode, shoes naughty. <laughs>